The SportsZilla Show starts now. It was the first spacecraft to land on the surface of Mars. Adam, what was your response? Kebert Zella. Ah! Only saying his name backwards can send him back to the fifth dimension where he belongs. All right, Jared, we come to you. You had a dollar. Looking solid to me. What did you come up with? What is Kebert Zella, which is Alex Trebek backwards? I heard that sends you back to another dimension. Sends me back where? Another dimension. To another dimension. Yes, I will go back to another dimension. Did you come up with the right one? No. What is We Love You Out? That's very kind. Thank you. Cost you $19.95. You're left with five bucks. Okay. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. I'm sorry, Don Cherry. I know Alex Trebek is a Canadian, but the man is a national treasure. Going back into treatment, cancer, made me sad when he choked up. Everybody's seen that. It's all over social media. You just hope the guy is okay. This is one of the... The C word is terrible, but this is one of the worst kinds to have to deal with. So not to bring the mood down or anything, Scoop, but man, you just you're rooting for a guy like Alex Trebek. I'm annoyed with people that are using his illness. Websites are using his illness as clickbait now. Yeah. My dad, new to social media within the last year, shared one of these clickbait Alex Trebek things last week. And it's essentially Somebody watching a report about Alex's health on Good Morning America and then doing a narrated voiceover over top of a video of somebody watching Good Morning America. And I'm like, is is this journalism? No, this is crap. And it, they, they tell you that he's sicker than he is. You know, oh, he's on his deathbed and stuff like that. This clickbait over the guy's, you know, declining health. It's just... I, love, I don't know, man. It it lacks class. It, it does. I love Kebert Zella. I do, and I love Alex Trebek too. Our buddy Alex Faust, uh, he is the now television voice of Los Angeles Kings, and you can Google this. I told you, you got to Google it. Alex Trebek, Alex Faust, look it up. Alex Trebek has said Alex Faust would be the perfect person to take over Jeopardy, not because of his illness. He had said this prior to that, just I'm I'm getting up there and I'm going to retire at some point. And I just feel like Alex Faust is the guy lives out in Los Angeles, lives out in California, watches King games, Kings games and saw Alex Faust and said, yeah, I like that guy. That guy can carry on my legacy, this show, my baby that I've hosted for all these years. Well, Alex Faust, wasn't it last year? He had a Snoop Dogg encounter where Snoop was in the booth with yes. him. Yes, he did. Which well, the world needs more Snoop in the booth. On everything. I, I just He's fantastic. It's just entertaining. I like it when things get lightened. So we brought you down a little bit, but let's pick you back up with a little bit of a nonsensical sports-related or sports entertainment story. John Cena... It was on Yahoo Scoop? Is that where it was? Yeah, yeah. So John Cena has a thing with Tic Tacs, or he had a thing with Tic Tacs, and it's mind-blowing. But he smelled great. I mean, fresh breath. What's the deal with this? How many was he eating? He says, John Cena says he was eating 10,000 calories worth of Tic Tacs before each WWE match. 10,000 calories. He said he would put away, like, Three boxes, three of those little boxes. The whole, I mean, now I like me a Tic Tac, but I can't imagine liking them enough to have three straight boxes worth. Blue guy, 
Stay yeah. with me on this. Okay, so all these years, John Cena has been wrestling. And the thing has been, and everybody out there listening to radio can picture the John Cena with the palm facing him. He gets over the dude. What was his finishing move? The you can't see me. Right. So he does, you can't see me, and he waves his hand. He was actually saying... I can't say the actual move, but that's neither here nor there. He was actually fanning his minty breath. It was two letters, am I correct? The uh, There's three. Okay. Well, so he, instead he was going, you can't smell my breath. And, I, been. I, and I'm literally doing this by the microphone in the so studio. So it's, it's uh, memed by now that you can't see John Cena. But apparently you can smell him. He's in the rig. You know he's there because you can smell him. He smells like Tic Tacs. Did he have a flavor that he preferred? I don't I, believe so. I'm just wondering. It just didn't matter. It was like, it was like the sugar from... That's a lot of Tic Tacs. I'm an orange Tic Tac guy. I like the orange ones. I like a lot of different types of Tic Tacs. Like 10,000 calories. How, how many t- calories are in one Tic Tac? Does anybody have that? Do you know See, that? I, I honestly don't know, but... Gosh, you gotta eat a lot to get to 10,000 calories. I mean, I know it's essentially a little ballish. Sugar. Wait, wait, Matt's, Matt's actually attempting to Google this right now. We really, nobody really needs to know. Go you ahead. Sure? Okay, go Are ahead. You sure? <laughs> get, you've got till the end of the show to get okay. that together. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Monday Night Football last night. Wow, what a game. What a game. That was, I mean, I, I saw somebody say online, it was like watching the NFC Championship game. It kind of felt like that. It was just a really good football game. Monday Night Football has lacked. Thursday Night Football has lacked. But Monday Night Football is not. Football, ma- football in general has lacked. Yeah. I mean, come on. That game last night was infinitely better than Bills-Browns. It was so And we get better. so many games that are Bills-Browns every week where it's just like this cavalcade of errors and whoever screws up the least eventually wins the game. Let me give you... 60 calories in a small box. 60 calories in one? In one small box. So that's... Oh, my Lanta, that's yeah. a lot. He's just... So he's got to have, like, a lot of boxes, not just three. He's rifling those down like a box at a time throughout the day, just just pumping them down. That's that's a serious addiction. But, he, but he's... Yeah. He's going to work it off, apparently, and has. Yeah. He, was he got, like, 2% body fat? The guy is jacked out of his mind still this day. Monday Night Football, right? We're staying focused. I have for you some of the drama near the very end of the Seahawks game, and we've put this together in a little montage to break it down if you happen to miss it or you just want your memory refreshed. Now the script has been written for the rookie Chase McLaughlin. Six ticks remain. Pressure on the rookie. And boy, oh boy, does he deliver. Wilson pressure off the edge, releases it, and it is intercepted by Greenlaw. Trey Greenlaw, can you believe this? Russell Wilson throws the pick. Chase McLaughlin, 47-yard attempt to stay undefeated. Oh, he punched at it, and it had no chance at all. The moment was too big. All set up by what is described as, yes, a rare Russell Wilson interception. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes like that, Scoop. Only two on the year, I think. And actually, that is only the second red zone interception in overtime in the last 25 years. What What the heck happened there, that one can interception? I, uh, re- can I revisit uh, that Tic Tac thing? Are you gonna re- he would have to have between 17 and 18 boxes. Oh, he's still doing the math on this. Yeah. <laughs> the glue guy. <laughs> 10,000 calories for John Cena in Tic Tacs before 
each WWE match. I thought you were going to go Malcolm Butler on that with your Patriots sweatshirt that you wear. And speaking of interceptions by Russell Wilson. Oh, no. No, I'm good. I did it for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, Boomer. Should have handed the ball off. He's been holding that okay, Boomer, all day. He's been, yeah, he should have handed that ball off. I still, to this day, You open up a wormhole yourself. I don't know how Marshawn Lynch didn't get the ball there, but... This is actually last night, San Francisco and Seattle, how it ultimately ended on Monday Night Football. Jason Myers, does he have it in him again? And Seattle has done it in a classic. And San Francisco suffers their first loss. Russell Wilson put on that cape again. Yep, they had been the only undefeated team in the National Football League. They are no longer scope. Let's turn let's turn to some other teams though. To be done with Monday night football. Let's look at Shermer, now officially on the hot seat. It is it is frying now. It, it, he's broiling in the oven right now. So is Bizdale of the Knicks, but we'll get into that you later. You would have never predicted that at the halfway point of the season, essentially uh, Shermer was going to have a worse record than Adam Gase. No, never in a million years. And now Adam Gase, because the GD Jets beat the Giants, it's totally humiliating and embarrassing, by the way. He actually bought himself some time. You know what I mean? He did. He bought himself some time. It gets worse for you, by the way. I know. Well, Please go ahead and tell me why. Well, you in Shermer and Giants fans... Hmm. Consider the fact that you've got a Browns reject coach. <laughs> I know. That's terrible. You got a guy who went four and twelve and five and eleven with the Browns. You've got a Browns reject coach. That's your answer? New York City? You got a guy from Cleveland? Well, I want to turn around and I I want to go, well, yeah, but look at who your coach is now. Freddie Kitchens is terrible. Well, but then hey. you go out and you beat the Bills. Oh, well, that was the ugliest win you could ever possibly get. Who cares? A win's the a worst win. football. Yeah, I'm glad. They won. We have three wins now. Woo! Let's let's have a championship parade in Cleveland. Oh yeah, three wins. One win. Great, great job, Freddie. Maybe you can get a job on Pat Shermer's staff next year. Hey man, anything is better than zero and sixteen and one and fifteen. So and that's the, not much better. The team is moving on up. That's not much better. You see where they painted the end zones differently in Cleveland this weekend? They did that so the Browns could find it. <laughs> well, it worked. It worked. Is there any? Well, did it? I don't know. There's a lot of negatives from the Bills' perspective on this. I'm sure Brent acts at at four o'clock when you're on the block. We'll talk about those. But were there any positives for the Browns from that side of this? Because the Bills have been man five and one, and Bills Mafia is going crazy. And oh, this is our year. It's our year. We hear it all the time. Circle those wagons. Finally, and then. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know is, is the quarterback the guy in in Buffalo, but you did some good things in Cleveland. You've got to you got to build on those. What were they? Well, I, I think uh, Josh Allen missed yeah. some open receivers in that game. Oh, that, clearly, that Cleveland didn't cover, but he didn't see. You know, I mean, this game could have gone the other way very easily. I mean, they were trying to kick to tie it at the end, and really, the Bills outplayed the Browns most of that game. Scoop, let's get one sentence about some of these games. All right, we've got a few minutes left in our opening segment before our break. So before we run out of time, we highlighted a few of them, and I'd like to know 
what you got for me. So I want to start with the Packers and the Panthers. The Packers ended up winning that game. Everybody, there's a lot of Green Bay love, a lot of Aaron Rodgers fanboys out there. His teammates love him. We know that. He's misperceived in the media, but the dude is a good football player. What do you got on that? Well, when you stop Christian McCaffrey at the goal line, as time expires, maybe you deserve to win. What about? I mean, let's be honest. What about the surprise? I think everybody's shocked. It's a football fan. The Falcons beat the Saints twenty-six to nine. Was that a one and seven team? Saints were thirteen and a half point favorites. Imagine Jeez. if you bet the Falcons. Imagine if you had the gumption enough to do that. A twenty-six nine win for the Falcons. Hey, on any given Sunday, you just don't know. You're not going to tell him it's Tuesday. It you know it's it's a football day. Every day is a football day. Yeah, except for when I say something exactly. like that. That's all right. Um, also, the Dolphins won again. I know. Isn't that amazing? What's going on down there? They just stopped tanking. They just stopped. After you get the win, you're like, screw it. Let's just try to win a few. Does that tell you they don't believe in Tua from Alabama? Would you? I, I don't know if he translates. Go okay. ahead. Let me give you the Browns' perspective on this. Okay. They beat Brian Hoyer at quarterback for the Colts. Matt has some experience with Brian Hoyer, uh, you know, former Browns quarterback. Uh, uh, like Cleveland, the influence across the NFL, all our terrible, bad players and coaches, they just filter out into the rest of the league and somehow get jobs again. How does somehow. That, how does that happen? So you get a former Patriots backup. To a former Patriot backup, Jacoby Brissett, obviously the starting quarterback now for the Colts. He was injured, so right. Brian Hoyer was the starting quarterback. <laughs> Ouch! Three interceptions. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Well, he, he, he should have just gone out there in a Browns uniform. Nobody wants that guy. Nobody wants that guy. Steelers uh, beat the Rams seventeen to twelve. That's Pauly Sevilla's team. That of course you hear. At various different times. Here. And it's Browns-Steelers Thursday night. It is Browns-Steelers. Looking I'm, forward to that. Oh, the Browns have got to win that game. That's, that's the Super Bowl for the Browns. Yes, it is. Vikings-Cowboys. I'm glad that the Cowboys did lose. That makes me feel a little better. Did everybody see the viral warm-up dance that people were setting to music? And yes. it works with everything. You could doesn't matter the song. Put it as the background. Dak does that thing. Now there are even parodies of that in like 24 to 36 hours of other players doing the weird hip rotation warm up. If I did that, I would need to sit down. Can I just can I vent about another copycat thing that's driving me nuts? Sure. I'm sick of every other fan base now jumping off a car Onto a table, ripping off the Bills Mafia thing. But you the s- girl that did it in Cleveland with the thought that bounced off it was epic. And then you even brought up to me the other day, it was I think it was the Giants fan. There was a guy, yeah, he jumped to, to land on his buddy on the table, and he jumped too far, and he bounced right into a like a van that was parked next to the table. It was like he deflected off of the far edge of the table, and I've never laughed so hard. Actually, no, I laughed harder at the girl that just thud. It's WWE gone wrong. And then she did. She even tapped the elbow to give like the people's elbow. Yeah, but you're ripping off the, the Bills Mafia. The Bills fans, they own that. You're, well, you're, I just don't get why everybody else wants to do it. Do your own thing. They still have throwing adult toys during a Patriots game. They still they, do that. They will always have. They're going to do that forever. Well, that is always. funny. Do you think that ends with Tom Brady? No. 
whoever it is. I don't. I believe whoever the Bills will be facing in New England, they'll always do it. All right, can I give you one last sentence on the Jets and the Giants that I have in front of me? Sorry? Jamal Adams took some heat when he compared himself to Tom Brady and Aaron Donald, but he lived up to his confidence in this one with nine tackles, two sacks, and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. It doesn't matter. They lost. That's all I care about. They lost to the Jets. It's terrible. Shermer's got to go. He's not the guy. Coordinator. Another coordinator that shouldn't be a head coach. There you go. I've said it. Freddie Kitchens might be available next year. Yeah, let's get him. Let's, let's, there you go. We need to get the nickname Freddie Kitchens Get another Kittens cast going. off Browns coach. The Browns are going to need to fire their coaches before Maybe. the Giants have an availability so they can just scoop up the leftovers, and that's how we'll just proceed into the very near future. I heard Deion Sanders is looking for a job. At Florida State. That has been debunked now. Apparently he is not in the running for that. You know what? Why not? You know, he'll probably go 11-0 and be in the, the national championship game within like two seasons. Amazing. Maybe the Giants can hire Mike Pettin. Or Romeo Cornell. There's a lot happening as far as your Syracuse crunch. We'll tell you what they did, what they're going to do. We'll talk some NBA. There is a dumpster fire called the Knicks. And just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, it gets worse. Next on the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Lane and Scoop. Lights on the lake getting underway this week. Tonight, the stroll around the lights on the lake. Onondaga Lake Park, Liverpool, $2 suggested donation. The proceeds benefiting Humane CNY and the Hillside Work Scholarship. That is 5 to 9 tonight. I know Thursday night, uh, veterans and active military personnel get to drive around Central New York's number one holiday tradition for free on Thursday night. Tomorrow, tomorrow night's the night you could take your puppy. It's the dog walk. The dog yeah, walk. Night. Yeah, that's also awesome. fun. Five to nine tomorrow night. Uh, but Comets crunch yesterday. The crunch a winner, three to one. Boris Kachuk with two goals in that game. They are back in action hosting the Utica Comets Friday night at the War Memorial. And uh, Don Cherry sticking his foot in his mouth again and getting fired by Sportsnet after his anti-immigrant screed the other night. It's very. It's funny. It was. It was egregious what he said. It's hard to dispute and argue against that. But I did notice in flipping through Twitter and social media, there are a lot of people trying to make false equivalencies, comparing apples to oranges and things like that in relation to this. It's like stop deflecting off of the issue. This is about Don Cherry right now. What he did. It, hockey is Canada's game, and that is every household. Every household is watching that. It affects every household. And there are household. people all over the world watching those games, too. I mean, Sportsnet is beaming those games all over the world. It's international, and very they're very international cities that have NHL clubs. We talked about, had a conversation about this last night, whether you're talking about Montreal or Toronto or Vancouver, probably the three biggest metropolises in that country. And you offended a lot of people and you said really hateful, ignorant things. And you can't expect to keep your job after that. And he has come out and basically tried to defend himself. He's angry about being fired and no, he's just, he's tone deaf and he completely doesn't get it. And he, he should come out with an apology, a mea culpa. I'm dumb. What I said is dumb. What I said is really, really dumb. And let me just follow that up by saying what I said was moronically stupid and I should never have said it and I was wrong and if I don't you're deserve his agent, it. you're like ripping your hair out. He's done. 
he's just done and he should be done. It's time to move on. It just is. And I think that they were, to be honest, I think they were looking for a way to get him out. Kind of okay, Boomer. Get out. You're done. Your mindset and the way that you think in the, in the current world, 2019, it just, it's not, it was never right, but you can't do that anymore. Okay. And it's not accepted now. It was accepted and tolerated then. It's not anymore. Move along. Go be with your wife. Go retire. Enjoy. I guess the KHL offered him a job that somebody wants him to commentate games for the KHL. Can you imagine Don Cherry like in Russia? No, no. I think he's going to say no to that. Why can't he just say two simple words? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He needs to say that anyways. But, you know, he's unrepentant. You know, a lot of people are in love with the sound of their own opinion, says the radio guy. Okay. We're, and and we are probably more guilty of that than anybody. But come on, dude. I mean, it was nasty. I really liked, though, how people responded over the weekend on Twitter to that with some very positive things rather than yelling at him mm-hmm. or calling him names, giving him examples to show that he was wrong. You know, any number of people considered to be immigrants wearing their poppies you know, which is what a lot of this is about. I don't know if you know all the backstory, but yeah, we, we're not going to dig into it any farther than that. They did the right thing by get by letting go. Let's just leave it at that. Let's bounce the ball back over to the basketball court really quick. We wanted to talk some NBA for a second. The Knicks are a dumpster fire, but worse than ever. Steve Mills and GM Scott Perry with the press conference the other day, basically and essentially throwing David Fisdale, the head coach, under the bus. It's been a crap start. We all know this, but this is Dolan. This is Dolan behind the scenes making this happen because it's unprecedented. You just don't see done what the Knicks have done. Now, if it's innovative and it's causing you to win games on the basketball court because it's X's and O's related, that's one thing. But when it's this kind of crap, it's just not necessary. Why are you drawing this extra attention? Why why are you sending your coach? And he's never going to get his team they're trying to defend him, but at the same time, then the upper management is just dangling him out there. Look at this guy. It's his fault. And it's inevitable now that he is going to have to be fired unless they win three or four in a row. It's literally the only way to save his job. guess Dolan was upset they lost to the Cavs. Is that what it is? Well, yeah, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. He felt it was embarrassed, so he calls this meeting in the middle of the game, and then these executives are forced to have a press conference. They didn't want to be there. You can see it on their face. To address what Dolan is upset about, and Fizdale is the fall guy because they want to keep their jobs. The problem is Dolan. If Dolan doesn't own the team, free agents will go there, and Julius Randle isn't your 1A free agent for the New York Knicks. You're not getting embarrassed by KD and Kyrie going to the Brooklyn Nets because... Ten years ago, five years ago, this wouldn't have happened. But Dolan's reputation has just gotten progressively worse with yelling at the fans who say sell the team, with kicking Charles Oakley out of the place. He's just con- continuously built this. I think the Charles Oakley thing resonates with players more Absolutely. than the fans. Absolutely. But all of these things have snowballed into he's just a flaming pile of poo and he's got to go. The three worst teams in the NBA, the Knicks. New Orleans and Golden State. Isn't that insane if you think about it? Well, at least they're in the same conversation as Golden State, but I'll just pretend it was the past five to six seasons and not necessarily this year. Steph Curry says he's going to need a second surgery, but hopes to be back in the spring. 
Just in case uh, you don't know why, he had a first surgery because of this. Yeah, I love what Pascal did, and he closed out on a shooting hand stop. Steph Curry with a lot of contact. Uh-oh. He's holding that left wrist. We already saw Steph tweak his ankle. He is not moving that left wrist right now. That is the absolute last thing in the world. He's up. How will he hold that mouth guard? I guess he just chew on it. I guess. Or he, was it, didn't he eat somebody's popcorn too one yes. time? Yeah. What's he going to do? Uh, Gordon Hayward fractured uh, hand as well. I saw that in the Celtics. What terrible luck. Dude, I feel so bad for him. He can't get a break. And he's was, and after the horrific injury to his leg, the ankle, and all of that, to come back, he's been playing really well. Especially without Kyrie Irving. Especially without Kyrie Irving. Howard, was it Jason Tatum I saw? Was he one for 17? I believe so. And then he, he put on Snapchat that he was in the gym that night shooting up. Yeah. Just I, trying to get out of the funk. Sometimes you just get your mechanics a little bit off and nothing that you do seems to work. We got 10 seconds. So Celtics fan. How do you feel about that? It sucks, but in Kemba Walker, we trust. There you go. All right. <laughs> Honestly, I think he's he's a better point guard running that team. Well, and he's Kyrie. he's more of a teammate than Kyrie Irving ever was. One hundred percent agree with you. That, also, I need to correct myself. One hundred and sixty-seven Tic Tac boxes. One hundred and sixty-seven Tic Tac boxes. That's for- ten thousand calories. And that's what in Tic Tacs that John Cena would eat before each WWE match. In that day. In that day. Jeez, that's crazy. I, I don't know, man. I'm going into, like, sugar shock just hearing See, that. that doesn't even talk about, like, the live events that they do during the week, not just Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. James Wiseman, Memphis, Penny Hardaway, college basketball. That would include Syracuse. Jim Beheim spoke to Scoop and myself a little earlier today. We'll talk about that, maybe throwing a little Dion Waiters, formerly of Syracuse. And his 10-game suspension next on the SportsZilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Remember Nick Nolte, the movie oh. Blue Chips? Oh, yeah, yeah. Penny Hardaway was in there. Ray Allen was in that. It's a damn good movie. Tons of cameos. Was that uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth? Yes. And then, of course, you have James Arthur Bayheim. Jim Beheim, who did make an appearance. He was in that movie, too. Do you realize that? I don't remember that. I'm going to have to go back and, and look for that. Quick cameo. Quick cameo. Bob Knight was in that. It was unbelievable. Shaq was, I think Shaq had made a, a brief appearance in that. It was a great movie. Well, Penny Hardaway, of course, as you know, has been out there in the news the past few days. He's coaching Memphis. James Wiseman ruled ineligible. Penny Hardaway determined to be a booster. Coached him back in high school and some other youth leagues. And because of him having that status, he could not assist him and his family back years ago in making a move. And now because of that, basically a player who is probably the top overall NBA prospect for at least the past couple of seasons is now ineligible. He's still probably going to be drafted very high based on, well, the fact that he's seven foot and extremely talented next year in the NBA draft. This is this is a crazy story, and there is a lot of variant and differing opinions on so this. So the NCAA is messing with the Ohio State player, who's very likely going to be drafted first overall, Chase Young. and the NBA's potential number one overall pick. There's there's nothing just clear cut in anything with the NCAA. There's it always goes this way or that way, and it's just 
It needs to be consistent, and nothing is consistent. Applying it to college football, college basketball, or whatever. And I, I think they favor programs. I think they favor Alabama. I think they favor Duke and North Carolina. The fact is, you can you can cite examples, and you could argue that on either side of this issue. And it's like I said, it, it's it's gray. It's not black and white. It's just gray in the middle. It's all different shades of gray too, depending. And it might be whether it's a certain program or or whatnot, or a certain former certain coaches. I think draw more attention, and perhaps decisions might be unfavorable. Because of who said coaches, I can think of one, for example, named Jim Beheim, who we're going to talk to in just a second. I mean, I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe it's because I'm a biased homer and I bleed orange, but I don't think he's the only example. I just think the NCAA, the NCAA doesn't really care about athletes. No. And I think the organization, at least, I thought they were supposed to be there to help athletes. When Urban Meyer... Gets a plane, a plane and flights from the university to use to coach the Ohio State University. And Penny Hardaway gets in trouble and this kid gets in trouble because helped him move some years ago. Okay, maybe uh, the motives weren't entirely innocent and pure, but this is not fair. This doesn't help athletes. This doesn't help this kid in Memphis or Ohio State. It's not about these athletes. It's about all the money they're making and their little club and the Alabamas and the Dukes and the North Carolinas that they love. Got Jim Beheim on standby. Let's ask him about that and a few other things SU basketball related. Maybe even throw in a Dion Waiters question. Scoop and I were able to talk to him. It's Sports Illustrated ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Let's go with our first one. Jim, I wanted to start out and ask if um, what you think when you see a former player like Dion Waiters in the situation that he's in, going through something, struggling like that, and being suspended by the Miami Heat. Well, it's obviously very difficult. I like Dion's a great kid. He's got in a situation where he got a good contract and he was in shape, ready to go, and he just, you know, he, he got himself in trouble off the court. And I don't, you don't know everything that goes on or what happens, and uh, I, you know, they, without knowing, but obviously. It's a situation you don't want to see happen to anybody, especially one of our former players. Well, I know you're close with with a lot of your former players. For example, Carmelo was in the house for the Virginia game the other day, and I wondered, does somebody like Dion reach out to you, or do the guys reach out to you in situations like that? Certain times there they do. Uh, Dion, you know, he's on his own. He's been on his own now for a while. We see each other once in a while, but... uh, you know, he's just, uh, he's made some, you know, he wants to play so badly that he lets it take over and he gets, you know, you can't talk to the coach in the NBA or say something to the coach in the NBA. You just can't do that. And, uh, you know, he's paying a big price for it right now. Coach, uh, just a couple of thoughts on Colgate. Well, they're an NCAA team, and I think uh, they're actually better this year than they were last year. They have everybody back. They've added guys. Um, I think it's a really, really good team. They had Clemson in a tie game late the other night at Clemson, so they've already been through something in terms of uh, tough games. And uh, They're good. They're really good. We struggled with them last year. We pulled away a little bit at the end, but this is a real, the best Colgate team I've seen in the last, I don't know, 20, 25 years probably. So you've been in, in basketball-related movies before. Penny Hardaway um, is in a situation in Memphis with James Wiseman. 
Uh, what do you think? What's your breakdown of that whole situation? You know, it's hard to know with, uh, what, what happened. It happened, to, you know, he was a booster. Once you're a booster, you're a booster forever. And I, I don't know what took him so long to determine that, why they didn't determine that right away, What if they didn't have some information. I don't know. But usually if you play a player that they deem ineligible, you're going to it's not going to, it usually doesn't turn out well, but you never know in today's world what's going on in, with the NCAA. It's hard to tell what is going to happen with them. Jimmy's doing really well in Cornell. He's put up some points in the first, their first couple of games. I think it was 44 or so through the yeah. first two. Yeah, he's, he's playing good. He's off to a good start. They, their team's been playing well. They had a one point loss the other day. They, came back, they were seven down with eight seconds to go, or 12, 12 seconds to go, and almost won. So it was quite almost a miracle comeback. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's playing well. And uh, what do you do to move forward from Virginia? I mean, you've talked about it ad nauseum everywhere. Nothing. I don't even talk about it. I don't know why everybody <laughs> is. It's one game, it's over, and you go on. There's 30 games ahead of us, and uh, people dwell here on one thing that happens or one game. They're the best defensive team in the country. We had, didn't shoot well, and when we did get good shots, and that's what happens against Virginia. Our defense overall was good. Uh, we forced a lot of turnovers, but obviously uh, our young offense was not ready uh, for Virginia, which isn't a big surprise to me. And uh, we're just going to get ready for Colgate and go out and play. Jim, it's fair to say that people like us in the media perhaps overhype these things, and you learned after 44 years to maybe let it go and move on. Well, you move on from everything, good, bad, or whatever. You, you get to the next game. You don't talk about the last one. You think about the next one, try to get better. And that's what you do throughout the course of the year. And uh, at the end of the day, you, know, you, you hope you get the team to where it needs to be to be uh, able to win uh, consistently. And that's, you know, that's our goal. That's what we're going to try to keep trying to do. Jim, thanks for the time. Let's get that first All W right. tomorrow. Appreciate you. Keep warm. Right. Keep warm. Well, you know what? You know what's hot? Winning the Rookie of the Year. Pete Alonso of the Mets. We're going to talk about him. Jeremy Roenick and Michael Jordan coming into the conversation. We'll be right back. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is the SportsZilla Show. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Here's Rain and Scoop. Saturday, it's the Burdick Toyota Football Post Game Show. Join Seth Everett for a recap of the SU Duke game here at Dino Babers Post Game Press Conference. And you can call in with your take on the game Saturday. Pete Alonzo of the Mets, National League Rookie of the Year, 53 homers, 120 runs batted in, 85 extra base hits. Pete Alonzo, now the sixth Met to be named Rookie of the Year, joining the likes of uh, let's see here, Jacob DeGrom, Tom Seaver, John Matlack, Daryl Strawberry, and Dwight Gooden. Those are some names from the past, some heyday names right there. DeGrom's probably going to win the Cy Young Award again. Won it last year, didn't he? Jordan, uh, Jordan Alvarez, Houston Astros, who won the American League Award, and his former teammate, thought this was interesting, Garrett Cole, as the Yankees have made it known that he's probably the number one target, then it's Steven Strasburg. Those are probably the two top free agents out there, at least amongst them. Well, Garrett Cole said he is not signing anytime soon. The GM meetings are getting underway, and he said January before he likely signs with a team. So the Yankees have some decisions to make. All teams that are pursuing him have Doesn't some Doesn't dis- it make you angry that he's already saying, I'm not going to sign? 
No, as an MLB fan, it, it, no, I don't. I don't get angry about it either. because the rest of the, the rest of the sporting leagues, free agency happens quickly. Because it's a hard cap in the NBA, for example, with Major League Baseball, they don't necessarily have that. You can choose or not choose to go over the luxury tax and pay the penalties. But with him, he's earned the right to be a free agent. He can sign wherever he wants. Just because they go crazy in the NBA doesn't mean they have to sign when they do. Agreed. But look how long Bryce Harper floated around out there. I'm not so sure. You know, I think people want Gary Cole a little more. I do. But you need the pitching. I don't know how long. I, I don't know that it's a given that he would sign a deal right away, that somebody would approach him with a deal. I kind of like the idea. If I'm Garrett Cole, I like the idea, hey, I'm just going to wait until January. And so then, you all get your ducks in a row. Figure out what you're going to do. Your millions of ducks in a row. You can bring them to me in January. I'm going to have a big truck to collect a lot of your ducks. The fact of the matter is... It moves at a glacial pace in Major League Baseball. Speaking of ducks, we've got a great story about Jeremy Roenick talking about getting out on the golf course with Michael Jordan towards the end of a season in the early 90s. Jeremy Roenick, Blackhawk, former NHLer, of course, Michael Jordan, the GOAT. And Jeremy Roenick didn't have a game this night that they're out there on the golf course. They play 18, you know, and Jeremy's like, all right, I'll see you later, Michael. And Michael's like, no, I I want to play another 18. And then he subsequently crushes 10 Bud Lights and goes out and plays Cleveland that night. And we have some of the story. This is Jeremy Roenick telling you the story. We played around, beat him for a couple thousand, and I'm getting ready to leave. Now, Bulls are playing that night. So I'm thinking he's leaving. It's 10 o'clock. He's like, no, let's go play again. We roll around another 18, and I take him for another couple. Now he's going to the stadium to play a game. And I'm, like, messing around. I'm like, I'm going to call my bookie. All the money you just lost to me, I'm putting on Cleveland tonight. (laughs) He goes, I'll tell you what. I'll bet you that we win by 20 points, and I have more than 40. I'm like, done. Son of a gun goes out, scores 52, and they win by 26 or something. Uh After 36 holes of golf and having, like, 10 Bud Lights. But here's the thing. A lot of drink involved, maybe a few of the details of that. The minutia got lost in translation. Great story, don't doubt it. The beers must have blurred Roenick's memory because that exact game does not exist. Jordan did hang 52 on the Cavs once, but it was in 1987. But none of that matters. Do you want to know why? Don't that's let the a, facts get in the way of a good story. Exactly right. That's a killer story. That's the type of stuff that you want to hear about. When you look back and you reflect on your, I mean. And we all believe it can happen. We believe Jordan is so good he could crush 10 beers and go out there and and beat anybody. A dude like you or me, we can't go rub elbows or just have a a round of golf on a game day or even like on an off day during the season with guys like this. But these guys, professional athletes in that circle that they're in, they get to do things like that. That's pretty awesome. And then tell those tales. They always talk about, you know, you miss the competition after you retire and you're not playing anymore, but you miss the camaraderie of doing fun things like that with the guys. Now, one's in the NHL, one's in the NBA, but it's a fraternity of professional athletes, and that stuff is priceless. It's gold. I think there's a story of Ronick and Chelios running into Dennis Rodman after a playoff game, and they run to Vegas overnight, and Rodman is all hungover. He comes back, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, just got back in time for the game, apparently. That's hilarious. Yeah, I believe that. I believe that is something that he would do 10 minutes before tip-off, and he walks in. Is Michael Jordan drunk uh, being the GM or the president of the, or the owner, rather, of Charlotte? That's debatable, isn't it? That's the glue guy scoop. I'm Rain. Back tomorrow, 3 o'clock, the Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, 97.7. 
and 100.1. You're on the block next with Brent X.